Rah, we're here. <laughs> you we're, did it. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> and another set change. What's going on? Yeah, some decorating behind you this time. You know, Mate, we're you, still, still you should be things. you should be an interior decorator, and not a uh, a chemist. Yeah, well, one is always a backup career. When chemistry or Breaking Bad doesn't work out, then <laughs> interior design it is. Mate, crazy! Another crazy week. What do we do? All this because some guy ate a bat. Yeah, it's crazy. Some guy ate a bat, and then here we are. <laughs> and now people are burning down five G towers. Yeah. Conspiracies are ripe right now. They are. I like that one. Yeah. I don't like it because people are setting towers alight, but um, it's pretty crazy. A lot of conspiracies floating around at the moment. I'm a bit of a conspiracy guy. I've been I've been flicking you with you. You're just writing them off or not even writing back to me. Well, a lot of people just you know default to conspiracies. Do you see they've identified the the actual person that this all came from? I don't know. Until I meet them, well, I don't know. they found out who it was. What? Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into the Tiger King. I'm the only person that hasn't watched it. What? Yeah. You know, I don't think you're missing much. Mike Tyson is the original Tiger King. That's the only Tiger King I, I respect. <laughs> Mike, I think the Tigers were scared of Mike Tyson. But yeah, I, I just watched it. Didn't live up to the hype. What? Just a bunch of um, hicks. A bunch of hillbilly hicks that are just out for each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think everyone's just bored and they're looking for something to watch. Sounds, but sounds like some good entertainment. I'll get grilled for saying that too. Yeah. Tiger King's hugely popular right now. Yeah. Almost um, as popular as this podcast. Yeah, almost. Uh, <laughs> last podcast was pretty good. I uh, got some good feedback on the last one. I know. It's fun. Even some questions, which we'll get to a bit later. We're enjoying it. Big episode today. Topic on mental health. Yeah. How are you surviving at home? Surviving, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's the longest you've ever been without training? Like in the past. Well, I've actually been training pretty hard. Like, you know, I actually listened to the advice that I was giving up in the last podcast. I've been sprinting, doing yoga, I've been doing kettlebells. So how often are you sprinting? Um, sprinting twice a week. Sprint more than twice a week is kind of ineffective and you know, but not yeah, you know, the system weren't going too hard. But um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. Uh, how about you? Missing jujitsu? I am, but I'm enjoying the the break that my body's getting. I've been doing a little bit at home with the family. Um, but yeah, I feel million dollars since i haven't been training every night my body's like i feel like i'm 20 again yeah and to be honest like i'm i'm actually enjoying all this it's horrible to say in this time but i'm actually enjoying all this time with my family i'm getting out every morning where i'd normally be driving two hours to work i'm getting out walking the pets having some fun with the kids and actually get to see my wife now yeah driving each other crazy (laughs) um but I'm actually enjoying it. It's a bit of a reset in life. I, yeah, the whole planet's kind of hit the reset button and, you know, there's, there's some good things that are coming out of this, you know. The first week, I was literally pacing around the house. I, I just, I was like, I've got ADHD or something. I'm just obsessive compulsive walking around. And the second week, I've really settled into it. I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking, when things go back to normal, I'm actually going to struggle going back to the rat race of, of life. I'm thinking, True. Yeah. I need to reevaluate what I'm doing because I'm actually enjoying right now. And I think this is definitely, I, I put a post up the other day, this is definitely proof to me that a lot of businesses can survive with people from working from home. Yeah, and you know, when we go back to normal, it's kind of time to think about what part of normal do you really want to go back to. I know, it's going to be a different normal, that's for sure. Yeah. I'll be, I'm working from home forever now. The new normal. Well, I, I live close to the office, so I, I don't really have an excuse, but uh, <laughs> I'll try my best. Luckily, no. we've got permission to record the podcast in here. So. I know. We're keeping our distance. We've measured it out. Yeah. 
Um, I can't lean forward any more past this point, but yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and Hal's here, he's been sneezing all morning, so. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. Thanks for that. Yeah. But there's still heaps of people out and about. Like I, was, uh, I sent you a picture on, there we go, it's coughing again. We've all got it. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> I went out for a drive on the weekend just to see, I like to just sort of see what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is up to. And I'm, I, I drove to a few different beach locations. Mate, I was so surprised at how many people are still out and about, just going about their life. There was a little cafe open at the beach. People lined up 50 deep to get takeaway and they're all sitting around together on, in the car park or at the beach. So life is sort of still going on. I think people have settled in. And it's pretty crazy because, you know, um, we should be taking this social distancing thing pretty pretty seriously until, you know, we've got a, a vaccine, um, something that can help us out. Do you know there's a plant that can actually um, help prevent the spread of coronavirus? Here we go. It's called plant your ass on the couch. It's oh. <laughs> the only thing we have right now. So. <laughs> Wow, yeah. I thought you were going to come with something really technical then. You could have been like breaking something for the world. That's <laughs> no, good advice, good advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's not much sports going on right now. So uh, Still a lot of sports news though. A lot of sports news and, you know, we'll be touching on the topic of, you know, getting your mind right, mental health. That's a big thing that's, that's happening right now. Everybody's experiencing this existential angst. Mate, it's new to everybody. People are going crazy, so it's probably a good time to talk about it. I think you, you'll find, like I said, I think on the last podcast, people's true colours will come out. Um, some people are settled into it and they're enjoying it. Some people are going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually got a special guest today. We do. Our first ever special guest. Be looking forward to that. Mental health, what is the official title of Lou? Mental health clinician from Western Australia. Nice. Yeah, so he's a good mate of mine and we go way back, but he's, uh, you know, he's right on the, the forefront of dealing with these issues and he's going to give us a few tips a bit later. Nice. Some tips to um, to try and figure out well, for people who might be struggling with anxiety, depression, or just feeling a little bit lost or sad or yeah, some you know. tips to, um, to get through these weird times exactly and you know when you talk about mental health it's kind of sometimes gloom and doom but it doesn't have to be you know so i'm going to try to talk about a little bit of science as well you know you put a scientific lens on something it's kind of you know makes it makes you understand the why so it's not so you know dark and 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 you know doom and gloom so and for everyone listening like that doesn't think oh i don't have a problem with mental health it's we all have mental health yeah we all need to take care of it whether we are suffering with depression or anxiety or not at all um, there's still different things that we can do to improve our mental health. So we'll, we'll touch on that later. But um, should we jump in and, and see what is happening or what is news in sport? Because there's nothing happening. Or maybe there is. Uh, well, speaking of nothing happening, different sports leagues are contemplating different ways of returning to their season or not at all. So, for example, Liverpool are talking about having their trophy awarded to them uh, in court because they thought that they'd more or less locked up the uh, the Premier League season. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's a shitty way to get to claim the trophy. Do you know? Do you know the, this? I know you're not too much into um, soccer, but do you know this, the the background behind Liverpool and the, the Premier League? Aren't they they're killing it anyway? It was just a matter of like they're killing it. But the the thing is, Liverpool haven't won the Premier League since the inception of the Premier League. They're still you know one of the greatest teams in in England because you know what they've done over the years, but. They've never won, won the Premier League since I've been watching it. And yeah. this was the year. They were un, they were miles ahead. It was uncatchable, right? And, you know. So how much was left in the season? Basically, if they won two or three more games, that was it. And mathematically, nobody could catch them. 
So they've got a good case, but it won't happen, I don't think. Nah, and you know, do you really want to win the Premier League? Do you really want to end your streak like that? Not really. I don't know. It's a pretty sh- um, I'm not saying that because I'm a Man United fan, but... <laughs> they probably deserve it, but... um, They they, um, they deserve to win it, but, you know, do you really want to win it like that? Nah. Nah. I wouldn't take it to court if it was my team. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, shit happens yeah. next year. Exactly. What else is going on, Hal? Um, well, some sports are still running. Uh, specifically, the Belarusian Premier League. Belarus? Yeah. Coming through. The sports. You, I don't follow the Belarusian Premier League. Oh, I, th- I thought you were about to, you know, uh, tell, tell us some insights on what's <laughs> happening over there. The uh, only person I know from Belarus is um, the MMA fighter Andrei Olavsky. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a Belarusian. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Well, they usually do pretty good in the Olympics and things, but I think, you know, they're one of the few countries without strict lockdowns on sports. So uh, There's only 12 people that live there. There's <laughs> probably more people there than New Zealand, but... Uh, <laughs> um, it's interesting because I jumped on the betting apps this weekend just to see, you know, <laughs> there's nothing to bet on. So what, what do they have? That's when you know you've got a gambling problem. No, you're no. trying to bet in times like this. Well, you can bet on the put weather. <laughs> it was like, uh, you can bet on the decimal after the degree, whether it's going to be odd or even. That's the extent that wow. these betting apps have got to. So. Um, well, yeah, the uh, so that's still going on. Belarus is still... Um, they're talking about, I saw something coming out yesterday, they're talking about that potentially the next UFC fight might happen in Belarus. It's like a plan B with Khabib and Tony. Yeah. And then you just saw something just before the show, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Um, you know, there's some kind of report that um, this fight might be happening and Khabib, uh, you know, Dana White just spoke to Vladimir Putin, might get a special um, you know, visa into the US, but apparently that's not true. And according to Dana White, the card is happening, but could be bizarre. So, so by, by the time this podcast drops, they would have announced it, but apparently it's some big mega card and Dana White's not sharing any of the info. Yeah, so I saw, you know, Woodley put up something yesterday about he's pretty keen to... To fight Covington. So we'll see. We'll see. It should I'm, be interesting. I'm so keen for that. The whole world will be watching this yeah. next UFC. There's nothing else for us to watch. Yeah. There was WrestleMania on last weekend, WWE. Those guys are immune to everything, aren't they? Yeah, well... They're on every chemical in in the world. You know, when they said all sports are banned, I guess, you know, it's not a sport, so <laughs> it's entertainment, but... True. What are they doing without a crowd, though? I don't know. I don't watch it, but um, apparently, you know, WrestleMania is a big deal. Lots of people tune in, so... Mm. It's as close as you can get to big sporting events. True. What, what other sports happening? Is there anything else? Uh, John Jones has been arrested for a... DUI and gun possession. So this is this happened this week. It's already gone to trial. He's already received his punishment. So John Jones, those that don't know, greatest UFC fighter of all time probably, had a bit of a troubled past with DUI incidents and drug incidents and uh, banned substances, and he's been stripped of the title a couple of times. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's got a bit of a, a bad relationship with uh, with the bottle, let's put it that way. And Did you hear what he was doing, though? Huh? He was, they found him in his car. Car wasn't on or running or anything. Drunk. I think he was parked in a street. And he said he was talking to homeless people. And the reason why the police got onto it is because they heard, they heard gunshots. Um, he got reported somehow. The gunshots were coming from the vehicle. When they got there, they found a gun in the car. And like empty shells on the ground. Oh shit! And he was drunk. Damn. Yeah. Well, but um, I saw his. Uh, I saw some of the body cam footage, and you know, he was. He was wasn't too bad. Um, but he's definitely not in a condition to drive. He had a um, 
not that it was an excuse, but he said, oh, look, this is, I'm not going to be very good at it. They do a different sort of roadside test than us. It's like a... Um, like walk the line kind yeah, of Yeah, walk the line. So he was trying to do that. And as he was saying that, he said, look, I get punched in the head for a job. So bear that in mind as well. But apparently he was, he was drunk. Yeah. It's gone to court already. He got like a four-day house arrest or something and a fine. Something like that. But we don't know what kind of implications that'll have, you know, in the ring. No, no. He's already, he was already, you know, on, on uh, walking on glass. So. Yeah, well, the last couple of opponents have gotten pretty close to him. So, I don't know, when you're the greatest, you've got to find some inspiration, motivation from somewhere. It's probably getting harder and harder for him. He's yeah. that good. He's, he is, so. What else has happened, Hal? Uh, Australia cricket captain Tim Payne was robbed while setting up a home gym. See this, so Tim Payne, the Australian cricket captain, was um, obviously they're, they're all knocked down. They're, so he took his cars out of his garage to set up his home gym within his garage, parked the cars out in the street while he was setting up. Um, a whole heap of stuff was stolen out of his car. That's ridiculous. People are getting desperate. Yeah, I, I know we haven't you know descended into anarchy just yet, but. I'm this ready. is crazy. How can how I'm can ready for anything? Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> You're a lover. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But you know, worst comes to worst. Gotta gotta hold my own. Gotta do what you gotta do. Pretty crazy. The time when we should all be coming together, all looking out for each other, and then you got people stealing things out of people's cars. Pretty ordinary. Yeah. So shout out to Tim. Feel sorry for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure Okay, there. He'll be okay, but you know, he's, he's just like everybody else out there trying to, you know, get their workout in, setting up their home gym. I've seen some pretty funky home gym setups. Have you seen, for anyone who doesn't know, on, on um, my Instagram page, we had Mitch Creek, um, an NBA, NBL basketballer and massage athlete, take over our Instagram. He, he's doing some pretty crazy workouts at home. Yeah, he's got yeah. salt bikes, he's got um, uh, punching bags and He's putting himself through some grueling workouts. Yeah, he's, he's definitely putting in the work, you know. I mean, I've been following him pretty closely. But, yeah, yeah, there's been video footage and vomit and everything. He's yeah. going very hard. Yeah, go hard or go home. Well, he's stuck at home, so you might as well go hard. That's it. His knee looks like it's healing up okay. Yeah. So we're going to have all of our Instagram, uh, or all of our athletes take over Instagram over the next four weeks. Um, so stay tuned on our Instagram page. Um, I think up next we've got Matty Ryan. Um, then we've got Ellie Blackburn, Cameron Munster, and then Rob Whitaker all taking over our Insta just to show you what they're up to throughout the day. Um, training, hanging with family, and um, doing a bit of a live Q&A. So that should be cool. Stay tuned on Instagram. What else, what else is going on, Al? Uh, the NRL has proposed a best of three game final when the season recommences. So I think they're still trying to figure out when the season's kicking off, but they're pushing now like, to, to make it happen. Yeah, it's hard to know because, you know, everything's still up in the air at the moment, but just the three-game final. I kind of like, um, you know, this extended final series. Uh, if you watch the NBA, you know, these best-of-seven final series are, are pretty pretty good battles. I think it's a good way to actually see who the best team is. Like, you, anyone on any given day can just have a shit day. There's so many times where you come into work and you go, I'm not into it today. Yeah. And then the next day you might come in fired up. So that, I do like the, I like the idea of the best-of-three. It works with the state of origin, builds that up. Um, they're all going through sort of negotiations at the moment as well for pay cuts. So it's quite interesting. A lot of the clubs have laid off a whole stack of people. They're they're operating basically on skeleton staff. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the players are not too happy about taking pay cuts, but I guess they don't have a choice. Yeah, um, and a best of three final will actually you know triple the final revenue. So 
It's not a bad idea. It's I saw some idea. Um, resort up in Queensland has offered to house. They can they can actually house in this resort up to 1,500 people. So they were talking about taking every NRL team, putting them in this resort, and um, basically sheltering them from each other and basically going on lockdown in this resort and then shuttling the teams out to a couple of stadiums up in Queensland to to get the season kicked off again. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to progress or what, but I just thought that was an interesting well, offer from the resort up there. Yeah, you know, modern problems require modern solutions, so it'll be pretty interesting to see how, how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. What else has happened now? Uh, Lamelo Ball, the uh, 18-year-old NBA player, has bought his... Uh, his former team, the Atlanta Hawks. No, not the Atlanta, sorry, the Illawarra Hawks. Illawarra Hawks, yeah. so he played in the NBL, yeah? Yeah, so, uh, but he's, you know, he's the hot prospect to be the number one draft pick next year in the NBA. Yeah, so like top, top five draft pick, probably number one. Um, probably, that's a pretty cool thing to do. He's, he's probably just getting a stack of money thrown at him from yeah. an NBA team and um, good way to support a, a, um, a team that helped bring you up and and get you ready for the big legs, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually a few NBA players that are interested in the NBL at the moment. You know, they're trying to trying to figure out that, you know, Australia's doing it all right. I think the NBL made a real comeback this year. Um, I think a good broadcast deal would propel them. I think so many people are back interested in basketball now. And I remember the glory days of Australian basketball. Um, and we're sort of, it feels like it's coming, coming back. So I think it depends what teams are, are winning. Whenever the Kings are doing well, the NBL seems to do well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens next season. Yeah, and you know, um, the other side of it is all these teams in all these different sports are facing all this, you know, financial stress from uh, losing their broadcasts and uh, nobody's watching sports right now. So, you know, if an 18 year old, if it takes an 18 year old to buy a team to, you know, um, keep it alive or, you know, or take it to the next level when the league restarts, then yeah, good on it. I've invested in a team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Hal's under 12 C grade um, team. Oh, yeah? Yep. I got them some sipper bottles. Hal's the number one draft pick, hey, you know, hey. under 13. Still growing. Yeah. We almost we almost won our grand final the other week. Yeah, he's six foot nine now. He's only six foot eight last week. Oh, <laughs> wow. When will it end? Yeah. When I hit puberty. <laughs> what are you aiming for? Uh, seven foot. Nice. You'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Keep drinking those massage protein shakes. Yeah. Of course. What else is going on? How is that it? Or is there more? Last one. Um, uh, Melbourne Storm's Christian Welch calls out uh, seniors in isolation, offering a, a helping hand via phone call. I didn't see this. What's this about? Yeah, so Christian Welch, you know, one of the Storm players. Yeah, you know, Storm's one of the teams we support with Masashi over here. Well, he's uh, he's been he's been calling people in isolation. You know, loneliness is a real thing, especially for for older people that might not have social media. You know, and you know, younger people can still connect to the world. So he's just calling random old people in cool. nursing homes or just at home? Yeah, just calling them for a yarn. What, yeah. going through the yellow pages or something? Or? No, well, he put out a tweet saying, you know, tag anybody that needs a call and, and I'll give them a call. That's so good. That's such a good thing to do. I know. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I wish all young people, young people listen to me, sound ancient, but I wish, um, I wish everyone did something like that. Yeah, but you I know. Think it's a good, it's a good motivator for us all to just pick up the phone and have a chat to someone that we might have not spoken to in a long time. I had an hour-long chat this morning with um, with a mate of mine. Normally, we have a four or five-minute chat here and there. We couldn't wait. We couldn't stop talking to each other this morning. We had so much to say. So, yeah, yeah, I that's mean, a pretty cool initiative. I'm, I'm the same. I've been on uh, on video calls, Skype and whatnot this weekend for so many hours just connecting with people. And, you know, uh, if you're a, an old guy in isolation and, you know, not many people talk to you, imagine getting a call 
from Christian Wells, Welsh. And you know, if you're a Storm fan, that's just takes it to the next level. Pretty cool. Pretty cool initiative, and, and it gives them something to do, I guess, while they're um, waiting for the season to kick off again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when this when the season does kick off again. It's going to be interesting to see people will. Like these guys are going to have to stay on top of their fitness and their strength, their conditioning, their skills. Like I just, I wonder what they're doing from home. Yeah, and everybody probably has a different approach, you know. So obviously they'll be getting some advice from their trainers and things, but you know, still got to do the work. I know, and it, it, I guess it's a good test for the people that are really committed and the and the slackers that um, normally sort of just cruise by on talent. Yeah. So uh, there's no cruising by in these times. No, not at all. Well, this Christian Wells story is a good segue into our, our main topic of the day. Mental health. Mental health, you know, getting your mind right, then the link between exercise and, um, you know, physical well-being and mental well-being. Well, normally people attribute exercise to weight loss, strength gain, performance, muscle gain. Those things actually take years and years to achieve or to, to, to maintain. The mental health benefits of exercise are instant. Yeah. They're basically instant. So, and people don't normally attribute exercise to that. It's normally to an aesthetic thing or a performance thing. Um, but I actually think the mental health side of, well, mental health benefits of exercise uh, are more linked yeah. than, than, than the other aesthetic things. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic and it's something that we'll, we're all dealing with at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very complicated topic. The brain is the most complex structure known to mankind, right? It's one of the big unknowns in biology. And, um we could really be out of our depth talking about something like this yeah but uh, you know i'm going to touch on some of the neurotransmitters and things just so people have a basic understanding uh, but we do have an expert to give us some tips and tricks on what to do we do we do yeah so um this is my my good mate lou big uh, lou big lou from western australia so he's um he's a mental health clinician and he works with people um you know with all kinds of ailments um, depression anxiety and things like that so a, there is a whole heap of, there is a different range of what people consider as mental health. You've got depression, anxiety, stress, just general sadness, yeah. um, self-esteem, self-confidence. Um, you know, when we talk about physical health, it's kind of black and white. And, you know, mental health is similar. It's not just one thing. It's everything, right? Mm. So um, Lou's just going to give us some, some tips, some hints, and... Um, Try to dial Lou in now and get him up on the big screen. He's available. There he is. Hey, hey guys. Lou. Hey, you can hear me okay? We can hear you fine. Yeah, cool. so Lou, Lou and I, we go way back. Um, you know, he's also a South African Indian like me, but you know, I've known him for a um, good part of my life. Um, actually, Lou's nickname is Ross. Ross? Yeah, like you. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, we call him the brown Ross from Friends. I don't know if you can oh. see it. But... <laughs> I can definitely yeah. see it. Yeah. I sometimes I still don't see the connection, but I go with it. I accept it. <laughs> and is that a Liverpool jersey um, that you're wearing there today? Yeah, there's a Liverpool jersey. Ooh. Yeah, still still hopeful of, of something coming out of the season or, or what, what do you yeah. say? Yeah, I was listening to what you guys were saying about it. Um, um, you know, winning it through court and stuff. And to be honest, as a Liverpool fan, it's, it's probably not the best way or the way that I want to win it. Undoubtedly, we'll still want to win the title, but probably not in that in that kind of way. Yeah, very interesting take. And you know, Lou's, Lou's a proper Liverpool fan. He's he's been to Anfield. He's uh, 
Uh, you know, he's been bragging this whole season. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a shame that no, oh, well, nothing's going to come out of it. You won't have your time in the sun this time around, Lou. <laughs> yeah. So Lou is from Western Australia, so it is um, a few hours behind there. So I appreciate you um, calling in. It's not, it's not that early, is it? No, it's, uh, yeah, 10 to 10 years, so not too bad a time. But uh, So you're still, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're still at work? Yeah, just started. Um, and yeah, we're still going, interestingly enough. So we are actually, I work for St. John Court Community Mental Health Service. So um, we actually, uh, you know, we're face-to-face counselling service. And ultimately, in the, in the whole lot of COVID-19, we've actually had to move our service from a face-to-face counselling service to a telephone counselling service. So I think a lot of um, mental health services are, have had to sort of adapt to this new way of, of being, really. But uh, a whole lot of silver linings and, and from it, really, in terms of, yeah, um, so being you, able to reach out to, to people that otherwise wouldn't, and also keeping up the times as well. So you've got all your existing sort of clients that you're still dealing with. Have you guys started to take on a whole heap of new people that are struggling with, with being in self-isolation and... Yeah, you know what? So far, we actually haven't seen an increase in referrals. Um, well, firstly, I think GPs are probably swamped at the moment. So, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, the more kind of prioritized things. But um, I think we will be seeing that shortly. Uh, you know, I think especially in this current times, I think you see uh, particularly anxiety. It's massive in the community and society at the moment, uh, particularly more so now. Um, and the way I see it is that, you know, the anxiety kind of occurs on, on sort of two fronts and that, you know, there's anxiety around uh, contracting COVID-19 um, or a loved one contracting COVID-19 or um, it's the, you know, it's the anxiety more related around the social aspects or social losses, um, loss of income, uh, you know, loss of, yeah, job, or just a whole lot of uncertainty as to what's happening existential so, angst yeah. yeah you know and it's uh it's it's pretty pretty tough times but uh i'm sure that yeah i, I think the most important thing uh really is for for people to sort of i guess be in the moment which i'll probably touch on in a bit later um because we can't really sort of yeah we can't have this really get to us so when, when someone sort of, um, when you're talking to someone, there's sort of, obviously there's a whole heap of different mental health issues. Are you guys trying to identify, hey, is this, this, this just mild anxiety or is this some sort of form of clinical depression or is there some sort of evaluation process that you go through with people to identify what their form of mental health or their, what they're struggling with? Well, I think like the diagnosis part comes before they get to Lou. So right. Lou really is, um, you know, the guy that gives them the tips and, um, you know, the counseling to kind of get, get them through this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, put labels on things as right. well. You know, there's so many things that happen. Yeah, definitely. It is hard to, to label and it is hard for people that, um, I mean, depression is, is one that if you don't suffer from it, you can almost, it's horrible to say, but you can almost think, well, what is this? Is this some made up thing? I don't understand it. I'm never sad. I'm fine. Um, so unless you're actually dealing with some of these issues, you can't really, or you're, or you're someone that 
speaks to the to people that are suffering these issues daily, you can't really you can't really give advice and tips if you're not someone that suffers from from any of these. Yeah, exactly. So you know, say somebody comes to you, um, Lou, and you know they're suffering from depression, anxiety. What what are some things that they can do, and what are some some tips that you can give them? So typically, some of the you know, uh, and I sometimes people come to me thinking that you know I'm some kind of genius or that I've got a uh, like a a magic wand and that you know and that somehow there's this rocket science um of what i can actually offer or or behind what i do and um you know ultimately this the there's no sort of rocket science behind it and i think like you guys have touched earlier as well in terms of physical health and, and i think it's it's really just doing the basics and it's those basic self cares that we sometimes neglect um, look, 2020 and, and life is pretty full on and uh, there's so much to, uh, yeah, we're just so busy being busy that we often forget to, uh, I, I guess we forget about those basics, you know, basic self-cares. And when I talk about self-cares, I'm talking about things like, you know, balanced diet, which you guys sort of touched on, exercise, you know, just being a key, um, sleep, you know, it's so important to actually have sleep and um, you know whether it's seven to eight hours a night it's, it's incredibly important that we actually able to regulate that sleep so what about what about people that have like got sort of clinical depression right they uh, and I've, I know people like this so I sympathize um, with them they're they're in bed in the morning and they're just saying they're that sort of I just don't want to get out of bed I, I know what I need to do I know I need to exercise, I know I need to eat well, I know I need to sort of do positive things and speak to positive people and do things that uplift me, but I just, I'm just stuck in bed. Like what, what, what can you do in a typical day to kick off the day? I think that's where people will struggle the most is to start their day. Once the sort of day gets rolling. Yeah. Like I, I know what I do to get going in the day. I'll, 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 I'll quickly read in bed in the morning something positive. I might listen to some uplifting music. Yeah. Um, I'll have my day planned out so I know what I'm doing at each time. But this is someone that doesn't, I don't suffer from these things the yeah. way some people do. So, yeah, is, is, is there then, something that people can do to kick off their day, to, to set the momentum of the, for the day? Yeah, and, you know, it's such an important sort of fact that you brought up. And it's that motivation, it's that drive that that's, um, that is a common symptom uh, amongst people with depression. Um, you know, what, what helps, and actually... Believe it or not, it's as simple as get out of bed. Um, you know, get out of bed and just get out. You know, whether it's just soaking some sunshine, going for a walk, um, or even just eating breakfast. Um, so many of us just sort of forget to just do that. Um, and I think in many ways, it's, it's doing things that are healthy. Um, mindfulness, meditation, um, incredibly helpful. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely think about doing a doing a podcast episode on that, I think that'll be brilliant. Oh, we'll definitely get that. Uh, I, th I think yeah. meditation is huge and it's a good way to kick off the day. Um, start by yeah. sort of, it sounds cheesy, it sounds corny, but these things help. Like make, in, in your own mind, make a list of all the things that you're grateful of. Then go into some meditation. Then maybe listen to some uplifting music and sort of just get yourself going for yeah. the day. Ring someone that you know is always like a positive influence or always, is always upbeat or, you know, sort of surround yourself with those types of people and 
And I know it's hard. I've heard people say, look, no matter what I do, I'm just stuck in bed. I have those days where I'm just, I just don't feel like doing anything. Um, but it's like they know what I need to do. And I know that if I get up and I go for a walk, I'm going to feel amazing. I know if I listen to some cool music, it's going to make me feel better. But it's almost like turning that switch on. It's almost like focusing on the little things, you know, just being present in the moment, doing one thing at a time, you know, listen to music, go for a, um, do some exercise, you know, eat a, eat a healthy meal, all these things have a, a benefit. Mm, definitely. And I think that is, that's super important, doing one thing at a, at a time. A lot of people look at everything they have to do and they get overwhelmed. They think, oh, I have to, I have to get to work. I have to run the kids to school. I have to get the shopping done. I have to do all this stuff for work. And I have to go and just tackle one project at a time. If the first project is getting out of bed, then have that. I, I like lists. I'm a bit of a nerd for lists. And just check them off throughout the day. I don't, I don't look 10 things steps ahead. It's, I look at what's next on the list, I go and execute that, and then once that's done, move on to the next thing. But yeah, you know. it's easy to say when we don't, we're not suffering from these things. So I don't want people to think that we're, you know, we're, on, we're, we're judging people or we're saying it's that easy just getting out of bed, but there's definitely some, some things you can do. Yeah. There's even a Miyamoto Masashi quote that applies in this situation, Ooh. right? Step by step, walk the thousand mile road, you know? And that, one step at a time. Might be one little step forward. It's not a quote of the day. We do have some more Masashi wisdom <laughs> coming up in a bit, but yeah, there's plenty of gems in there. So, and, and um, as far as I probably didn't want to bring this up, but I'm going to. The, a lot of people, and I know people, have gone into doctors, sort of saying that I'm not. I'm feeling sad. I'm not feeling myself. Or something wrong with my hormones. Or I just feel depressed. Doctors are pretty quick these days to throw people on antidepressants, medication without exploring yeah. all the other avenues first. So what what should people explore first before they get to that sort of last resort of medication? Yeah, and look, controversial, uh, but to be honest, I've, um, you know, I've worked in mental health for the last 11 years now, and uh, I was never someone that was pro-medication, um, uh, and probably it's that same belief that, you know, you don't need medication to um, you know, to be happy or to feel less anxious. But in actual fact, over my time working in mental health services, I've come to quite sort of, well, appreciate the, um, yeah, medication as a form of treatment. Um, and there are those cases where someone like you, you described may be profoundly depressed um, and where they just can't get to doing those basics you know, we're waking up in the morning, you know, like you described, Ross, we're getting up in the morning actually is something that they can't do. You know, it's easy to say, oh, for me to say, hey, get out of bed and start doing things and be appreciative and mindful. But um, for some people, it is incredibly difficult um, to do that. And I think that's where medication comes in and, and plays its part. Uh, but of course, it's not just medication. It should be, um, you know, adjunct treatments, for example, physical activity and, yeah, things like so, that. So um, how often, uh, like say someone presents with, with, with a mental health issue, how often are you guys sort of speaking to that person? Is it a daily thing? Is it a weekly thing? Or is it just sort of on individual case? Yeah, look, so for me in my current role, it's um, probably like a fortnightly basis to three weekly. 
Um, and undoubtedly, you know, there's a lack of resource in terms of mental health that's uh, significant. Um, you know, it is a bit of an elephant in the room um, often and, and that. Um, you know, it's brilliant. Government's coming to the party in terms of recognising that people's mental health is going to be significantly impacted in these current times. So have, you know, injected a whole lot of money into uh, mental health uh, domestic violence as well, interestingly enough, or likely or, or it's assumed that that will be on the rise. Um, yeah. it, it, it's an interesting topic because I, I actually know some of the works in, um, works uh, with domestic health, sorry, domestic violence uh, victims. And yeah, they're, they've, um, they've already seen a spike since COVID um, has come out. People in self-isolation, they're actually getting more and more cases of domestic violence. So people are losing their shit. Um, people are suffering yeah. from anxiety. Like what, what is the main form of mental health issue that people present with to you guys? Is it, is it sort of depression or is it just mild anxiety? Yeah, look, probably the most common one that we see is, um, is anxiety. Um, and you know, anxiety, it's, uh, people sometimes get quite confused about what anxiety actually is. And it pops a pretty bad name these days. But, in anxiety and the sort of uh, and the premise it actually isn't a bad thing. Um, you know, anxiety is actually a way of helping us to to I guess solve a problem if you wish. You know, it kind of it's kind of like a warning bell that says, oh, you know, something's going on. You need to act. And you know, we, we get that from our um, from our sort of caveman fight, of, fight of flight response. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 evolve from that and that. Um, you know, it's, it's that warning sign that goes off that, oh, here's a life-threatening situation. Here's a saber-toothed tiger that's going to kill me, so I need to do something. Um, and, you know, you fast forward to 2020, and there is no saber-toothed tiger, yet we perceive every day-to-day stresses as being a life-threatening situations. Our body reacts in exactly the same way. You know, it's a, and, and, you know, interestingly, talk, talking about the, the physical health things, like, uh, or the physical components to anxiety it's that you know the sweaty palms or the restlessness in your legs and all of those things that increase heart rate and, and all of those good things <laughs> you know it's pretty uncomfortable sometimes people you know present thinking that oh my god i'm having a heart attack or something help me um and you know that's because really um, your your body is being told that you know here's a life-threatening situation you need to either fight this beast or run for your bloody life, what do you think, what are we running from? What are we actually going to fight? Well, that's the thing. A lot of people um, sort of that suffer from anxiety, a lot of the scenarios that they're anxious about haven't actually happened to them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm someone that probably suffers from some sort of mild anxiety. I'm always I think thinking... everybody does. Yeah, I'm always thinking, oh, shit, oh, God, what happens if I lose my job? And it's ridiculous. Like, I've been yeah. here forever, for 14 years, but it's constantly... For me, it drives me. This constant anxiety yeah. in life is what it's what keeps me motivated. It's what keeps me sort of making sure that I'm doing my best at, at, at work and I'm training my hardest that I can. But for some people, anxiety can be crippling. And it, and with anxiety, it's like could be something that just hasn't even happened. It's just something you're thinking, you're fabricating to the point where you're getting that worked up about it. So I think, again, it keeps coming back to just live, live in the moment. Look around. Like, uh, especially times like now, mm. feels like the whole world's crashing down. But, hey, 
actually sitting at home with my family. I'm in a safe house. I've got a roof over my head. I've still got access to food and toilet paper. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> Don't know about the toilet paper. Um, so sometimes it is just sort of taking a breath, reassessing and, and, you know, calming yourself, which is easier said than done. But yeah, a lot of people are sort of fabricating anxiety as well. Yeah. yeah. No. But, um, yeah, I like Sorry, I liked what you said to you before about, you know, the world's kind of uh, on reset at the moment. And, you know, it's got a nice sort of analogy because it's, to me, it's, and I've been using that as a bit of an analogy with the people that I'm working with. And that, you know, sometimes we forget, like I said, we're so busy being busy in 2020 that we forget about those little things. And, you know, I think more than ever, like just over the last two weekends, just being, you know, whipping off the monopoly and, ooh, you know, pretty intense stuff there and emotional. But, you know, you forget about those small little joys in life that uh, that really um, give us, this, you know, give us a sense of sort of fulfillment and, and meaning really in our lives. And it is the smaller things in life that make the biggest difference. Um, being grateful for, for what we have right now, like, you know, Ross, you talked about this, you know, having a job right now, it's, geez, you know, it's, it's so, uh, it's so sort of, we just, have so much to be grateful for so you know it's a whole lot of silver linings from these uh from this current circumstances in the world but i think you know it is a bit of a, a, a reset button in that it's a gentle reminder to start focusing again on, on some of those smaller things um yeah in the here and now really that's it and the, and the smaller things might be taking your dog for a walk getting some fresh air um, playing a board game with your kids, definitely not Monopoly though. That is the most heartbreaking game to play with a child. <laughs> I um, played Chinese checkers last night uh, with my kids. Oh, nice. Got, got hammered. My kids are so much better. But yeah, simple things like, like that, connecting with your family, calling loved ones, doing simple projects around the house. Um, it is a reset and it is a bit of a, a, it's almost like we've been forced to just stop and take a breath and reassess our lives, the whole planet all at once. Yeah. I think you're gonna get two types of people, the people that go crazy and the people that actually embrace this and go, there's something to this simpler life. Like, yeah. why well, I, I feel bad, but I'm actually enjoying it. And I'm definitely in that boat. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the extra time with my family and doing those simple things like walking the dog in the morning when normally I'm stuck in traffic for two hours. Yeah. And, you know, right now, there's not many better places to be on Earth than Australia and New Zealand, for example. You know, like, I've, I've been keeping tabs on what's happening in other countries, and it's pretty intense, right? So It is. We were just looking at a video of, um, in India, people that are out walking the streets. The police are actually hitting them with sticks. Yeah. Well, in, in other countries, it's worse than that. Okay. Yeah. I know. So, um, you know, they're throwing people in jail and things. So, uh, yeah. They're finding people here, though. Did you see that guy in Newcastle that um, went to get a kebab? And he was standing out in front of the kebab shop and got fined by the police. <laughs> Can't be eating kebabs at this time. Come on. He was, he was, he was going for a run and, and needed needed a kebab mid-run. See, this is why you need Musashi and Chowaka. <laughs> no kebabs mid-run. No. Yeah, so some crazy stuff. I think it's, yeah. So, summarize, it's basically take one step at a time, be yeah. grateful. Focus on the now. Be grateful, keep a routine, you know, whether you're sort of working from home or whether you've lost your job and or you're temporarily out of work. 
um, you know, make the most out of a, a terrible situation. Um, keep a routine, you know. This this whole thing, there's a whole lot of uncertainty in terms of this coronavirus. But, um, you know, it's not going to last forever. That anxiety that exists in all of us, it's not going to last forever, unless you're a Man United fan. Linked one a bit. But, um, but, you know, I think it, there's a certain degree of, of sort of um, settling in or, or sort of making room for some of those difficult feelings and emotions that you're feeling and just, you know, just acknowledging it, being an observer that, you know, notices what's going on. Oh, you know, I'm feeling really uneasy right now. You know, I've just seen something on the news in, in a different country or, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that trigger us. But just being able to acknowledge that and, and do something about it, you know, that's the most important thing. Definitely. And focusing on the here and now, you know, that, that just being mindful of what's happening right now. Sweet. Legend, Luke. Thanks for your, your time. Appreciate your time, I Luke. Appreciate it a lot. All yeah, the best. Thank you Stay safe. So, yeah, thrilled to be your, your first guest on the show. So, yeah, yeah. big fan. And, uh, yeah, look forward to, to more. Mate, we'll definitely touch base again in the near future. You've been great. and appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, stay safe over there and um, yeah. talk next time. Thanks, Ross. And thanks, okay. Ross. See you, guys. Catch you later. <laughs> See you, Luke. Cheers, Luke. Thanks. So it's good to, um, definitely good to uh, have someone within the men- mental health industry to sort of give us some um, ideas and tips on what we need to do. Yeah, um, some, some real insights into, you know, and one of the things when I was speaking to Lou this weekend, he was saying, um, you know, for some people, COVID-19 isn't even anything. Some people are so deep into anxiety and depression that, you know, it's just another thing mm-hmm. that they have to deal with. They're the people burning down the 5G towers. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that, but... It's, um... So exercise and mental health, they are very, very closely linked. Yeah. And um, this is something I've actually gotten to, not arguments, but sort of deep discussions with people that have have, have suffered with mental health issues. I'm, I'm always that guy that's like, fix your nutrition, get in some exercise before you go relying on sort of pharmaceutical drugs. And I know they play their part and it's probably all part of a... Um, a program that people need to, to get better or feel better. But someone that exercises every day, and someone I do suffer from a little bit of anxiety, I'm a little bit OCD or ADHD, I've just got too much energy or pent-up anxiety, so I need to exercise. I can recognise if I go a few days without exercise, I'm starting to need that release, or I'm missing that, 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 that feel-good feeling of exercise. What what is that feel-good feeling that we get when we exercise? Yeah. So um, there's a there's a good um, good phrase I like. It's called um, um, psychology is biology, right? So um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of psychologists use this phrase, and you know it comes down to things called neurotransmitters, right? So maybe we can we can touch on that a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm definitely no expert when it comes to neurotransmitters and neuroscience. Like I said, the brain is the most complex structure known to mankind. Uh, nobody's really an expert. You know, I'm not an expert on anything. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. You know, and amino acids are one of the things that I, I know a little bit about. So uh, I'll talk about um, you know how some amino acids um, and neurotransmitters can can help, right? So you know, um, here's a picture. That's right. You're sleeping in your bed. You know, dozing off. Um, you know, about to fall into a nice dream state. Then you hear a lot of bang, right? 
Uh, it's my kids. Get up, grab your samurai sword, right? You know, like you're ready to chop some, some dudes up, right? Without even analyzing this input, this audio input, right? You've suddenly shifted from the most calming thing you can do to, you know, kill a person mode, right? Basically, like you don't know if it's an intruder in your house, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. like, I do have swords beside my bed. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was the only one. So. <laughs> 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 um, um, but yeah, so basically what, what's happening here is, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your neurotransmitters and um, it's what's going on in your brain. So um, it, you know, talking about anxiety, depression and moods and things like that, it doesn't have to be this big, um, you know, this big elephant in the room, like Lou put it, you know, um, you know, breaking it down into the chemistry and understanding it a little bit can help your understanding of it and, you know, help you figure out what's kind of going on inside there. So neurotransmitters play a big part. It, it, what is that, um, what is the, I know, I know you've sort of got the bro science term is like runner's high. When you, when you finish exercise, and I get this obviously after weight training and going for a walk, but most, mostly I get this after jujitsu, right? I've just spent 40 minutes rolling and then after class you've got a bundle of energy. You're, you almost feel euphoric. You want to, you'd sit around and talk to everyone for another extra hour. You just, you're just on this weird high. What is that? Yeah. So uh, one way to think about it is to break it down to the simplest level, right? So you know what's going on in your brain. You've got these things called neurons, right? It's like uh, the cells of your brain. Uh, how they communicate with each other is through these things called neurotransmitters, right? These are like chemical messengers. They communicate like a, a lock in a key, right? They're floating around in your brain. Um, but there's over a hundred different types of neurotransmitters, right? Um, what you, what, what happens, you know, in that example I gave before, you know, um, there's an, there's the neurotransmitter called serotonin, you know, so, um, related with happiness and calmness in your mood. So when you're falling asleep, you know, your serotonin is being converted into melatonin. And suddenly you get this audio input, um, without processing it, your brain initiates this fight or flight response. And, you know, that's from your ex excitatory, um, neurotransmitters, right? So. Um, so neurotransmitters can evoke different responses. Yeah. So you know your 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 your, your motion and your emotion comes from your your neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. right? Like you know when I say amino acids are life, they are. They're basically your thoughts, your feelings, and your movements, right? So um, um, you have many different types of neurotransmitters, right? And even your endorphins, your hormones, can affect um, what's going on in your brain. So uh, we'll try and break it down into some of the more simple forms, right? So if you think of exciting neurotransmitters, excitatory neurotransmitters. These are things that rev you up, right? Typically norepinephrine, often in America, noradrenaline, um, and other things like glutamate, right? Mm -hmm. Then you've got inhibitory neurotransmitters, you know, things that chill you out, you know, things that rev you up, things that chill you out. So something called GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, and, and serotonin, right? Serotonin um, also helps to chill you out. But then you've got um, these other neurotransmitters, which, um, can act in, as both, right? Uh, both excitatory and uh, um, and inhibitory. So if you think of dopamine, right? Dopamine, think of dopamine as pleasure and reward, right? So um, some people out there have dopamine junkies, you know? Um, so are these like your extreme sport people? Or is that what, they're after that dopamine hit? Well, everybody gets dopamine hits from all kinds of things. And you know, one of the problems um, with society right now is that all these dopamine hits have been removed from your life. You know, watching sports gives you a dopamine hit. Going to church gives you a dopamine hit. You know, um, um, partying, going out, 
clubbing, that gives you, that's the, the search for dopamine, right? Yeah. Um, it used to be a different search for me. I was searching for something else, but yeah. Maybe without the amine, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> just play, just play. Uh, but um, yeah, there's another, you know. So we're constantly getting dopamine hits throughout the day, and yep. some people seek it. Exactly. And, um, you know, like um, people like me are, are dopamine junkies as well. I go to the gym, feel good, you know, I'm, I'm craving that pleasure reward that you're getting from the gym. Is, can you get over, like, over stimulated? Like, can you have too much dopamine release? And what, what does that do? You can, and this is where things like drugs, um, right. you know, that's, that's where the extremes of um, neurotransmitters are, uh, you know, witnessed, where, you know, what drugs do to your brain. Uh, so is your body trying to counteract the dopamine by trying to bring you back down or level you out? Um, let's not go to, to that okay. level yet. Like, let's just, um, you know, stick to the chemical level. So, you know, and then there's acetylcholine, right? So um, this is, you know, uh, this is what causes your muscle action and learning and memory and things like that. Dopamine is also linked to, you know, attention and emotion. So um, all of this also comes back to, you know, your diet and your exercise, right? Mm -hmm. How can your diet and your exercise influence all these chemicals in your brain, right? Well, um, you know, if you focus on two of the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, um, dopamine comes from the amino acid tyrosine, and, you know, serotonin comes from the amino acid tryptophan, right? So, uh, um, you know, when... When you, um, you know, if everything's going well, tryptophan gets converted to um, serotonin, you've got abundance of serotonin in your brain, and, um, you know, you're happy, everything's all good. Um, a few things can throw this off, right? So, um, you know, if you have a, a diet that's high in, in sugar, um, this is gonna create some inflammation in your body. Um, what inflammation does is, you know, um, all of your serotonin is stored in your gut. That's, that's the thing that people don't realize. Like, it's, it's holistic. Gut, gut health is so important for mental health. And it's probably the first place people should start. If you've got a mental health issue, I always say get your gut right. Yeah, definitely. And diet plays a massive part, you know. So sugar is causing this inflammation. And what it does is it causes the tryptophan, you know, the, the ingredient that gets converted to serotonin. It gets used for other things, right? Um, you know, it, it's dealing with this inflammation, the stress in your body um, from, yeah, from a poor diet. And, um, you know, tryptophan is getting converted into something called phenolic acid. And that's actually a neurotoxin, right? So it's not only reducing the serotonin, it's actually, um, you know, um, giving this toxin to your brain. So it, it's working on two ends that, you know, if you're having a bad diet, it's, um, you know, giving yourself the best chance, right? Mm -hmm. Despite everything you can do when it comes to, you know, the tangible tips that Lou just gave us. Um, if, if your diet and your exercise is not right, um, you know, you're definitely not giving yourself the best chance. What exercise can do, on the other hand, is exercise can, you know, um, help you get rid of these um, these waste products and actually make tryptophan into your brain. Um, you know, tryptophan competes with other amino acids and things like that when it comes to transport into your brain. But you know, getting this tryptophan into your brain from exercise is what's gonna you know make sure you have enough serotonin in there as well. So people that aren't doing any exercise and probably have a poor diet, they're just not getting this hit of dopamine. They're yeah. Not, like, yeah. So you know, it's it's working on the chemical level of actually you know biochemically getting this. Um, you know, serotonin right in your brain, but also the dopamine hit of exercise itself. You know, exercise has immediate tangible benefits. Mm. You, you notice do, it instantly. You do exercise, you feel good yeah. straight away. It doesn't matter what you do, Yeah. right? It's just the act of doing it. And what about, like, I keep coming back because I have had a debate with someone that has depression that is basically bed-bound. Yeah. Like, is it walk to the end of your street as a starting point and back to your house? Like, 
just anything to, to get started? Well, um, you know, I'm kind of out of my depth here when it comes to talking about, um, you know, severe depression and stuff, but, you know, step by step, walk the thousand mile road. That's what Miyamoto Masashi said. Yeah. Um, it, it's the little things that you, you kind of have to do. So it's just attacking attacking it slowly and, and by in little steps. Yeah. But, um, you know, but like I said, exercise can help on this multi-pronged approach. It's helping you at the, at the lowest level of bio, biochemically, right? Um, and then it's helping you a level above that, that you're getting, you know, this instant pleasure of, you know, you just completed something hard. Yeah. It's rewarding. So you're getting, you know, this, this dopamine. Then on the, on the higher level, you know, exercises, you know, it's putting the plans in place. You're doing your shit, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it, you know. it's creating discipline in your life and routine. Definitely. Um, another thing people do say is like, oh, you know, everything, I think this is a mental health issue as well. They sort of push push exercise aside and it's like all the stars need to align for me to go out and do a do a, a workout. You know what I mean? Like I have to have everything sorted, right? Everything's in place in my life. Now I can go and do some exercise. Yeah. I, I don't have like, time. You know? I don't have time or I don't feel like it right now or just yeah. again, I keep coming back, make it like an appointment, no matter how you feel, no matter what mood you're in. At that time, you're gonna do exercise. Yeah, you know, like, and then there's all these people out there, like, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, everybody has their haters. So some people are like, you know, if I had as much time as you, I'd be as jacked as you. You know, if I if I had so much time, I, you know, I'd be. But you know, you you have the time now. Go e do it. Everyone. I, I know you can do it. <laughs> I'm not doubting that you can't do it. It's you probably know? the Go biggest excuse that we hear, and we do a lot of the fitness shows and things like that. And people rock up to the fitness show and they're looking for the latest and craziest weight loss supplement it's like okay and then you start to delve deep it's like what are you doing what are you doing for exercise oh I, just, I don't really have time to be doing any more than one or two days a week i'm like yeah but you got time you got time for netflix you got time for tiger king <laughs> like, everyone <laughs> has time yeah. everyone that is the worst excuse ever um and just the benefits you get from it are unbelievable yeah but we talked about a lot about depression and um mental health can be a lot of other things as well depression anxiety but it's also like self-confidence and body confidence yeah that has a that has a sort of flow-on effect like i was saying like you know you look at the lowest level this biochemistry that is helping you if you look at the immediate tangible effects you know it's increasing all of your neurotransmitters it's increasing serotonin dopamine norepinephrine right that's what's going to instantly increase your mood but then at the higher level you know like i was saying the plants are in imagine like you're, you're overweight you're somebody struggling with weight and you know, uh, your friends always uh, tend to, you know, give you a bit of banter, say, hey, fat boy, you know, <laughs> like, you know. So imagine two scenarios, right? You have an exercise in two months and your friends go, hey, hey, fat boy, like, you know, you go home and be like, oh my God, I'm so fat. Like, yeah. like, okay, now, say you've been busting your ass in the gym, right? You've been doing something and the gyms are closed. You've been busting your ass with your home kettlebell workout from the last podcast, right? <laughs> Um, your friends go, hey, hey, fat boy, you're like, yeah, I'm fat, but I'm on the, I'm on the rope, right? That's the it. plans are in, in place. Catch me in a month. Yeah. yeah. It is I'll a long process. I think a lot of people look for that quick answer, that quick response. Yeah. Um, when it comes to weight loss and self-confidence and things, it, it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. You need to embrace it as, no, I'm not trying to lose 10 kilos in six weeks. Yeah. It is, I'm trying to get to the optimal body weight for me and maintain that for the rest of my life. It's, it's not the end of the journey. It's the journey itself of actually actually doing it. You know, yeah. that's what's going to um, have these benefits. And we get, there's a lot of sort of this sort of talk in jujitsu as well. There's always this, 
rush to get to the next belt. I need to get to blue belt. I need to get to purple belt. I need to get to brown belt. And it's like the journey doesn't end at black belt. No. You continue, you speak to any black belt, and that's when they start to say, oh, man, I've just only just started learning now. I feel like I have my black belt in weight training and, and physical fitness and exercise, but, um, and it's so true. I'm still learning now, 20 years later, probably more so than I did in the beginning, more open to new ideas. And so it is a lifelong journey. I think you can get caught up in looking at things like weight loss and getting anxious about, I have to lose 20 kilos. Like you say, step by step, kilo at a time, one day at a time. If you just keep Stop showing up, place. Yeah. keep showing up every day, eating the right food, doing a little bit of exercise each day, it might take three, four, five years to get there. But eventually you're going to get there and then you're going to maintain it and then you're going to inspire a million other people to do the same thing. Exactly. And, you know, that's what I like about the sports that we do. You know, jiu-jitsu, it's a never-ending pursuit. You know, there's always somebody out there that can choke you up, you know. And even if you're one of the Gracies, you know, Eddie Bravo might come choke you up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, then you look at powerlifting, right? There's always more weight. That's it. You can never lift all the weight in the world, no matter who you are. Never satisfied. Yeah, even with yoga. You can always go deeper. You can always go deeper for longer, you know? There is no end goal to anything. No. Because... And it's humbling that there is no end goal because there's always something else. I think you do have to set yourself some short-term goals. Um, but, but again, don't be put off by, this is going to take me years and years and years. Um, I think that the chase, that is actually appealing to me. It's like the longer it takes, the more discipline I need to get there in the end or to, to get to a certain point where... I don't know, my learning becomes even more advanced and I'll uh, sort of evolve even more. So, yeah, and, and I think mental health, especially anxiety and things like that, it's, it, it's, it's very easy just to be overwhelmed yeah. by, by the end goal. There is no end goal. No. And I got a, a good analogy. You know, last time I, I said, um, you know, this, this virus is kind of like the in us at the moment, right? So if you ever watched the last Avengers movie, you know, uh, you know, fat, Thor can kill Thanos, right? But, you know, fat Thor couldn't. And it's not because Thor was fat. It's because he was too, you know, his head wasn't in the right place by, by the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> uh, too much Marvel. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's actually, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on. And, you know, like how I was saying, inflammation um, can cause all these problems when it comes to neurotransmitters and, you know, having enough serotonin in your brain. But inflammation doesn't only come from your food. Inflammation comes from any kind of stress, right? If you're living a stressful lifestyle, have, uh, you know, the stress of losing your job, the stress of a breakup, you know, the stress of, um, you know, getting, um, you know, not knowing what's happening, the existential stress of, you know, the world that this coronavirus is in right now. All the stress is going to increase your cortisol and increase your inflammation and, and you know, cause this, um, um, this breakdown of tryptophan to serotonin, which I just talked on before, right? So, um, you know, dealing with this, um, with the stress on multiple levels is important, dealing with it on the high level, you know, the tips that Lou just gave us, dealing with the low level on the biochemical basis of exercising, you know, exercise is the only thing, the only tool that, you know, you can instantly use, you know, you're not, you're not in control of the world medical system, you know, all these people lost their healthcare and things in America, like, you know, even if you lose your, your healthcare, you're in control of your own health, you can go outside and exercise, right, and that means you're in control of your physical health and mental health, and, you know, obviously at the extremes, you know, you might need some kind of, um, you know, clinical health and things like that and stuff that I can't comment on because I know nowhere near enough about, but... Yeah. But, it, but, it's, but it's worth um, noting that, hey, the, like the, 
pharmaceuticals or medication can play a part, but what, what we're trying to encourage is let's let's tick off all the other boxes first or in conjunction with, um, give it a go, give it a go. If you're not an exerciser, just find something fun to do that is that is some sort of form of exercise and just see how you feel. Yeah, and you know, stress, any stress, like this stress that we're experiencing now is just triggering this fight or flight response. You know, this is, you don't know whether to fight or flight right now because you don't know what to do with yourself, right? But um, taking it back to exercise focuses, makes you, forces you to focus on the now. You know, exercise and mindfulness, doesn't matter what you do, as long as you're doing it, helps makes you focus on the now and forget about the unknown of the future, forget about, you know, what we could have done differently in the past. Yeah, and look, exercise for us is, is probably different um, where we're trying to achieve a goal I'm doing it to stay strong and fit and active for jiu-jitsu and um, you're doing it to lift more weight for power competition some people are actually utilizing exercise purely for mental health and I know it's almost like when you go for a walk or when you're training in the gym you throw your earphones on it's it's a chance to escape from everything in your life that is making you feel anxious or overwhelmed it's it's an hour it's 30 minutes where you can just escape everything, be in your own mind, have have a bit of time to yourself for self-reflection and for personal growth or to analyze different ways that you can go about your life in a more positive way. But it's just that, it's almost like a time just to switch the brain off and just lose yourself for half an hour, an hour, um, and then come out at the end of it sort of feeling better and, and get on with your day. Yeah. So it's all... Yeah, there's definitely more reasons for exercise than just physical reasons. Yeah, it's the little things. And, you know, I was wondering to myself, like, why am I in such a good mood this weekend? You know, like, you know, on Friday, I was listening to some R&B, like, just, just feeling good. Makes you makes you feel good. Go outside, exercise. Man, I'm like, shit, like, um, what a time to be alive. You know, like, it, shit, shit's falling apart. But, like, you know, I'm okay. I'm healthy. I'm... In human existence, this there is even with all this shit going on, there has never been a better time to be alive. Even if you're stuck inside your house, you've got access to so much, so much to keep us occupied, and so much to keep us happy, and and the best food, and we don't have to. Get, we don't, you know, it's like we humans. I keep saying this: humans have become super soft, but. We need to appreciate that this is the best time to be alive in human existence, even with all this shit going on. Yeah. And, you know, all this shit that's going on, it's, it's a real thing, you know. It's causing inflammation. And, you know, there's actually been studies in the past that, you know, when you get inflammation, your bacteria and your gut releases this thing called endotoxin, right? Um, it's something that, um, you know, bacteria releases. Um, anyway, um, endotoxin, right? You can take some endotoxin or some pro-inflammatory things from people and inject it into somebody that doesn't have any anxiety and they'll experience anxiety straight away. So it's, you know, it's a causal link that these inflammatory things which come from stress, which come from a poor diet can cause anxiety, right? Even, um, you know, there's been an experiment where they transplanted the gut bacteria of an anxious mouse into a non-anxious mouse and that non-anxious mouse developed anxiety. So, you know, your gut bacteria, your diet, your, um, you know, your your stress, your ability to handle stress, um, all of this plays a big deal. And you know, everybody's different. Um, everybody's different in terms of, you know, the amount of neurotransmitters um, in your brain, you know, how you metabolize these different neurotransmitters, you know, and there's a big genetic component to that as well. Mm. So we should probably close off on, I know um, Lou has given, given some tips. Yeah. 
few things that you you recommend to people that might be suffering from anxiety or some sort of men, mental health issue at the moment? Just day to day things. What would you? Um, day to day, you know, doesn't matter what you do. Just do it. Just go outside. Be active. Do uh, something. Do something. You know, even um, even eating clean. You know, just the act of eating clean makes you feel good about it. About mm. it right? Like you know, if you. Uh, I know I saw my sister baking some really nice things this weekend. I'm like, damn, looks good, but it's unhealthy, right? If I eat that, I'll feel like, you know, uh, um, almost bad about it. But, you know, I know I've been eating clean this whole week, stuck at home, eating my sardines. Uh, I've been loving it. So, um, you know, eat right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll dive deep into nutrition, what eating right means throughout the course yeah. of this po- podcast. But, you know, eat right, train a little bit. You know, it, without that, you're not, you know, there's, there's many things that you can't control. So don't care about what you can't control. But what you can control is your diet and exercise. Take Definitely. control of that and, you know, then you're giving yourself the best chance. You've got more time than ever now to do, to clean up your nutrition. You're at home. You've got access to stove, oven, everything. So no excuses there. Don't have to get takeaway at lunch when you're at work. Um, you've got, you're now not stuck in traffic going to and from work. So there's times to exercise there. My tips would be to get up in the morning, put on some music, do some meditation or some stretching, get out and do some exercise before you start anything else in the day, before anything takes up your time or occupies your headspace. Get it done. Maybe while you're on the work walk, give a friend a call and a positive friend. Get them to get them to talk positive to you. They'll take care of your gut health, nutrition, get plenty of sleep. Um, do some meditation maybe of a night before you go to bed. So there's plenty of things that we can do each day to improve our mental health. Yeah. And I like what you said, you know, get a positive friend. Like, you know, there's so many positive things that, that you can seek out, you know. Right now, negativity is in abundance. Negative news, negative energies, um, you know, forget about it all. Just like try and try and focus on some positive stuff. You know, we've got some kind of platform here trying to throw some positivity around. That's it. So, uh, yeah, negativity is in abundance. Focus on the positive, what you can do, what you can control. Beautiful. I yeah. think uh, I think that wraps up the, the topic for today. It was, um, we've got uh, something else that we wanted to kick off as well with you. Yeah. And we've, we've got a few requests. And it's people sort of wanting uh, myths or facts debunked or proved correct. Um, so we we're gonna, we're gonna, we had a couple of questions coming in. And it's like, okay, Darren's going to start debunking some um, fitness or nutrition myths. Well, not just me. Both of us will try. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> the first thing that came in as far as a debunk is someone asked, is the anabolic window a real thing? Um, is the anabolic window a real thing? Well, you've probably heard this myth that you know, you've got to have a protein shake 20 minutes after you work out well. It, it is a real thing, in fact, in the fact that, you know, there is some benefit when it comes to timing. But, you know, underlying this is getting your total calories, getting your total protein, focusing on that. Throughout the day? Throughout the day is what's going to have much more impact than, you know, the timing. Uh-huh. The existence of an anabolic window is still controversial. You know, some say that it's actually more like two hours to even 24 hours, depending on that workout you do. And, you know, how, um, how adapted you are when it comes to training. So, uh, but it's still important to get protein in after you walk up but that 20 minutes probably uh, probably a bit of real science two hours to 24 hours probably a bit of real science yeah so you see those people the minute they um the minute they finish their workshop workout they can't talk to you need my shake gotta get my shake gotta get my protein in yeah. probably don't have to be that 
rush. You've, you've, you've still got time to maybe shower, go home, get ch- chill out a bit, yeah. make your shake, and then have it then. Yeah. But, but definitely protein shake straight after a workout because of the faster digestibility in food. Um, but it doesn't have to be the minute after a workout, like or within 20 minutes even. It could be yeah, an you hour know, or two. It, it comes to you know having the foundation and then having all that you can do to optimize it. And you know if you're doing all that you can do to optimize your training and performance, then maybe having a protein shake within two hours of your workout is giving yourself the best chance. While you're training as well, depends what sort of training you're doing, but it could be super intense. Um, your digestive system actually slows down while you're training. Yeah. Um, and it takes a little while for it to kick off and restart and uh, go again. So it's not like you don't have to go home and slam down six eggs or a chicken breast or your digestive system is has, has slowed down and needs a chance to sort of um, get back and running again. Yeah, so get the foundation before you get the tip or the framework, the optimization. Listener questions. Do we have any listener questions or uh, questions from YouTube or social? We did. So we had a couple. The first one was a comment on one of our YouTube videos, which is from Jinx. Um, is progressive overloading with reps as effective as overloading with more weight? Is progressive overload with reps as effective as progressive overload with weights? Jinx sounds like a Bond bon villain. <laughs> Definitely. Um, no. Um, so, uh, well, Haley Berry was Jinx and James Bond. I okay. think I got that reference. But, yeah, um, so, you know, when it comes to progressive overload, you're going to adapt to whatever kind of training that you're doing. Um, you know, there's a few different ways to um, look at progressive overload, reps, sets, time under tension, and, um, you know, the weight. Um, you know, after a while, once you adapt it to a certain rep and um, set range, you know, some, sometimes the only thing that can really give you the, the stress or the overload that you need is the weight. So um, ultimately, increasing the weight is the best form of progressive overload. But in the absence of more weights, you know, there are different things that you can do, just like more volume, doing more sets. Yeah, I agree completely. I think they actually go hand in hand. Um, you're progressively overloading with more weight to a certain point that you can actually achieve the amount of reps at that weight then I would always recommend that adding some more reps and becoming efficient at a higher rep range, then increasing the weight and potentially going back down in, in, in reps. So you can you can sort of periodize it like that. But I think they go hand in hand. Are they as effective? Um, I mean, it depends what your goal is. Yeah, as so well. I know, it comes back to the specific, if you're a, specificity of training, right? Remember the story of my little Crozon, you know, he's carrying the calf on, up the mountain and eventually grows into a calf. Right, the weights are increasing, mm-hmm. but imagine he carried um, a calf three times up the mountain. You know, he's gonna get better at carrying a calf up the mountain three times rather than carrying a big cow up the mountain. You know? Yeah. So it's gonna depend on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, definitely go hand in hand. It depends on your goal, but I think either are both are effective, but obviously the the goal is to add more weight and more reps. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other questions? Yeah, we had one from Jack Fitz on Instagram, who lives in Birchgrove, New South Wales, apparently. He well, said, "Why should you give away his whole address?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> better not. Uh, he says, "Should I be having protein before a workout as well as after?" I'm Question trying to gain strength for my AFL season. Uh, trying to get gain strength for AFL season. Yeah, before a workout and after protein shake. It comes back to the other question, really, of, you know, what's more important? Well, getting your total calories, your total protein uh, should be the most important thing. But, you know, studies have shown that having a protein shake before a workout 
can produce some uh, good results. You know, you're, um, you can have a good supply of amino acids during the workout, and you know, it can almost be as effective as having, having a protein shake straight after a workout. But those are probably the two best times to have a protein shake, before or after. How long before? Um, it depends. Some people can train on a full stomach, some people can't. You know, me, I don't like to put anything in, um, drink anything except for pre-workout really, before, uh, within an hour of training. Otherwise, yeah. I, I just feel like I can't train properly. I'm the same. I eat about an hour, hour and a half before a session and then I don't have anything. I don't have any, pro like in that meal, I have, I have protein in that meal, but I don't have a protein shake before training. I'll, I'll just, I'll eat that meal an hour, hour and a half out. Um, and then a, a pre-workout half an hour before, and then I'm straight into it. I like to go into training fairly light. I don't like anything sitting yeah. on my stomach. I know lots of people like to go in feeling full and Some, and, some and people have a full meal before training, and you know, I, I can't really do that. But, you know, I, I like to have a protein shake maybe uh, an hour and a half before training, just so it fills me up so I don't feel hungry during training. Yep. That's it for questions. Mm -hmm. Cool. Quotes? Um, Athlete quote, quote of the week. Athlete quote. What do you, you got for us? I'm keen on this guessing game. We're never going to get it. We, we never got one yet. So. No. Well, I've given you guys an easy one this time. Um, I've, I've trimmed down the quote, but it is, I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Oh, that's easy. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. OJ Simpson. He's not an athlete, is he? OJ Simpson, not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> that was obviously a joke. Um, um, but yeah, OJ Simpson was one of the greatest NFL players of all time. Yeah. No, not OJ Simpson. The juice, orange juice, man. OJ. Yeah. <laughs> That's how young Hal is. Yeah, well, he just thinks he's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much, actually, Before yeah. he murdered people. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go Michael Jordan. Bingo. Boom. Darren got it. Yes. OJ's a heaps better answer though. <laughs> MJ over OJ. <laughs> um, yeah, no. What's, what's the love life? Fail, fail until you, uh, you know, succeed. Well, we done. all fail. We need to embrace failure and that's what makes us better. Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. That's right. Yeah, that might have been MJ as well. I think that is, yeah. <laughs> And what's our uh, Miyamoto Masashi quote of the week, Diran? So we, uh, we're doing it a bit differently this week. We're um, taking a quote out of Masashi's Dokodo. So he actually wrote two books, right? Usually we always talk about the Book of Five Rings, um, which is more about you know his strategy as a samurai. Mm -hmm. But before Masashi died, he wrote this book. Lord of the Rings. No. Oh. Dokodo, which means the way of walking alone, right? And another translation, timely, is the path of isolation. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really know any Japanese, but uh, apparently that's another translation of this. And um, really, it's not really a book. It's just 21 phrases on how to live your life. Um, you know, so after Musashi uh, spent his time chopping people up, he retired to the mountains and became, you know, a philosopher, which is probably my plan to become a philosopher one day. So, so the quote of the day? The quote of the day, think lightly of yourself and think deeply of the world. I like it. I love it. I love it too. So so many people get, especially in this industry. Yeah. So many people get wrapped up in themselves so much. Yeah. And they don't they don't realize they don't see the big picture. It's all it's all about the next selfie. It's all about what what outfit I'm wearing to the gym. It's all about I've got to match my shoes with my cap while I'm lifting. And it's like it's so easy to get caught up in you. And it's a little different for me. I think once kids come along. That all goes out the window. You realize that you're not, it's not all about you at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have kids. No. But you're, you're pretty philosophical. You're not like a typical young sort of um, 
Yes, I'm pretty philosophical, and you know, I do think deeply about the world, but I do very much so think lightly about myself. You know, I'm a bit of a clown when it comes to joking around with the with the friends, and uh, you know, I, I don't take anything personally. You know, and people, people, there's a, an abundance of haters, there's an abundance of negativity. You know, um, I got a question for you. You just sold your boat, right? Yeah. How much water would it take to sink your boat? It's a trick question. In the boat. Exactly. So you know, all, all the all the water in the world can't sink your boat unless it gets in. Just yes. like how all the negativity in the world can't get you down unless you let it get in. You know. Oh, it's so true. And I think um, blocking out the negativity, not reading, not biggest thing these days is, especially with all the people that have got so much time on social media. Now the people I see arguing with each other online, it is crazy. Arguing with complete strangers. Yeah. We talk about mental health. That's a mental health issue. You're arguing with a complete stranger about some topic that you don't really give a shit about. You just want to win the argument. That is the definition of insane. I just don't get people that do that. Yeah. And, you know, it's just not getting falling into those traps. And I, think, I, think lightly of yourself. I know. That's it. But think deeply of the world. Remember the neurotransmitters. Well, when you think about <laughs> where, where these tiny little ants floating on a, a giant rock hurtling through space at some ungodly speed, Yes. And um, humans are insignificant. We are so insignificant, and we get caught up in the tiniest little bullshit things. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, have a look around. We're all just here to spread love, spread peace, and have fun. Have yeah. fun until this journey ends. Yeah. Do nice our fun. best. That's it. You know, think lightly of yourself. Oh, Be- always give a damn, but never give up. <laughs> oh, I think we, that's a good. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> Um, the people that are left reviews, um, or questions, Jinx and, and Jack, we're going to, um, grab your details and flick you out a Masashi t-shirt. Anyone else that wants to listen, we, the podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify. If you, um, just want the audio version, obviously YouTube, if you want to look at our ugly heads. And also another shout out to somebody that gave us a nice review. Um, Marse Fao Sofia, uh, Hopefully I pronounced that right. Just started watching the episodes, but I've been by Masashi Ferraz for a while now. Great content. Keep up the good work. Marseille, flick us a email or to... Flick us an Instagram DM or an email and we'll send a t-shirt your way. Definitely. Thanks for your comments. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you guys are all surviving in these uh, end times. Not end times, but uh, stay positive. Stay focused on what on what you're doing throughout the day. Any last words, Darren? No, you know, negativity is in abundance. Focus on the positive. Focus on the day by day, you know. get Just exercise. It's always the way. It's always the answer. It's always the way. All right, <laughs> that might do us here for today. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Until next time, we're out. Go and get it. Lift some weights.